Hello, everyone, and welcome to the ALN Academy Talks. This is Angelica. The ALN Academy Talks aim to promote conversations on rule of law, governance, and sustainability across Africa for the development on the continent. And today, we focus on renewable energy. We are delighted today to host, together with the French Chamber of Commerce in Kenya, Mathieu Ecofier, Regional Councillor for Sustainable Development for East Africa and Indian Ocean from the French Treasury and lead of the French Club for Renewable Energy and Sustainable Cities in East Africa. We are also delighted to host today Amin Musa, partner at ALN Kenya and Jarwala and Kana, and head of the Projects and Infrastructure Department at the firm. Matthew and Amin, it is an absolute pleasure to host you today. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Matthew, let's start with you. Which is the main objective and scope of the French Club? Okay, so the French Club for Renewable Energy and Sustainable Cities was founded in, uh, in 2016, so far, uh, six years ago now, by the French Minister for Environment and Energy. Uh, it was initially uh, focused on renewable energy uh, and then expanded to sustainable cities, so meaning water, sanitation, urban transportation, housing, because of course of the challenges around, uh, around this sector and the growing interest of French companies about uh, sustainable cities in the region. And now it has around uh, 200 members, so uh, private French companies, public agencies, and it's coordinated by the French uh, embassy here in Nairobi. Um, so the group aims to bring together um, the French actors of renewable energy and sustainable cities to promote an integrated Offer French offer uh, aimed at local players, public actors, or private actors. Uh, so it helps to identify uh, the dynamics and obstacles to renewable energy and sustainable cities. Uh, and when possible, when needed, uh, it implements action toward private companies or toward public actors in the region, in the East African region, uh, to improve um, the intervention framework and uh, and the um, the role French companies can play in the region. So basically, in practice, in practice, we we share information on market opportunities in the region and call for tenders, fundings, and we look at promising projects on which to position uh, French technologies and French expertise uh, with the support or not uh, with the support if needed of uh, French fundings. Okay. No, that's incredibly interesting, uh, Matthew, and uh, uh, once again. Thank you very much for participating in this discussion. It will be useful to understand what you see the role of the French government, uh, but also beyond that, the role of French corporates, French financial institutions in developing the renewable energy sector in sub-Saharan Africa. What do you see that role between the various French players. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I, I will try to, to answer for Africa, but I, I will mainly focus on, on Kenya because uh, it's where we are now and where we are working. Uh, it's also a good example of the kind of support France can, can give to, to renewable energy projects uh, because Kenya is uh, like a priority for, for France in the region and in Africa. And I think Kenya is, is a good example also because it has already achieved a lot in terms of, uh, of having a sustainable energy uh, 
electricity system, at least, uh, with uh, access to energy growing uh, in the last decade, uh, quite impressing, uh, for, from 40% uh, in the early uh, 2010s to almost, uh, I think, 75% in, in, uh, more recently. And in terms also of decarbonization and, and greening of the, of the energy mix, I mean, last year it was more than nine, the, the Kenyan uh, electricity mix was, was, was more than 90% renewable. So, so Kenya is quite, is quite a role model about that. So it, it, again, it's, it's a good example. Uh, so to come back to the support uh, France can give in, in terms of funding, it, it's, it's quite broad. Uh, it can be public funding. I mean, when we speak about public funding, it is gov to gov. So French public money going to uh, to public led project. It can be funding uh, public funding to private companies, uh, and it can be also investment by uh, by French uh, private company by French private uh, actors or, or funds. Uh, and in, in terms of, of the modalities, it can be grants, it can be loans, it can be equity, it can be guarantees, it can also be technical assistance because in, in a lot of project funding without technical assistance is, let's say, less useful. Um, so maybe to, if, we, if we want some details for, for the, the public funding. So, for, so France has been a historic partner in supporting Africa and for renewable energy, uh, especially in Kenya, in fact, the, the French Development Agency uh, has been really as a for, forefront of this support uh, to help Kenya uh, reach uh, situation it has it has reached uh, today. With over one billion euro, uh, in front Kenya is uh, is uh, the biggest portfolio of uh, of AFD in the energy sector worldwide, now, not only in in Africa but worldwide. Uh, AFD was present in all the, the electricity value chains, so for generation, transmission, uh, distribution, last mile distribution also, off-grid, mini-grid. Uh, so speaking about mini-grid, a good example, maybe a, a flagship project, a recent one, will be the green mini-grid project that's, that AFD is implementing. Uh, it's supported by, it supports technical assistance and investment grants uh, to, for the development of, of private mini-grids in Kenya. Uh, thanks to this program, more than, uh, than 50,000 people uh, are, are now having access to, to electricity. Uh, maybe on like uh, on, on another segment in the transmission segment, so the, the French branch of uh, GE, so uh, the GE Grid Solution, is involved in a one uh, 100 million euros project to reinforce the, the transport network uh, of Ketraco, so the, the Kenyan uh, the Kenyan uh, transport uh, operator for electricity, to better integrate renewable energy, especially geothermal energy, and this project is supported by a soft loan, uh, concessional loan from the the French Treasury. Uh, so outside of Kenya, I think it's worth noting also the Just Energy Transition Partnership that was signed uh, around COP26 between the government of South Africa, France, Germany, the UK and the US, uh, along with the European Union. It's, it's aimed at helping uh, South Africa transition uh, from coal and other fossil fuel to more sustainable uh, energy sources, uh, say in exchange of of more funding from uh, from uh, from the partner countries. So it's it's 8.5 billion uh, billion USD funding and and. Uh, 
And France has committed around 1 billion on this, uh, on this amount. And during the last uh, African Union European summit last February in Brussels, there, there was like a, a common ambition to extend this approach, this kind of partnerships to other African countries, including Kenya. So that was for, for public funding, for, for public funding to private actors. So we have Proparco, which is, a, 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 let's say, the private sector arm of, uh, of IFD. Uh, of IFD. It has um, quite numerous and quite diversified operations in the energy sector in Africa. And uh, so in Kenya, one, one example would be the financing of the Lake Turkana wind farm, the, the IPP, with over, uh, it was not alone, of course, when we've over a DFI like, uh, like the European Investment Bank. Um, but Proparco also support, uh, let's say, smaller uh, like SMEs on, on smaller scale uh, in Kenya, for example, with a, a company called Pego. It's, uh, it has invested in Pego Energy. It's a solar home system uh, company with payment, as its name can, uh, can say, with a, a pay-as-you-go system. Uh, credit lines, credit lines are also an important uh, source of funding and an important way for France to, to fund a smaller scale project in the, for renewable energy. Uh, with, for example, a 150 million euros uh, credit line from AFD to uh, TDB to finance energy and climate project in the East Africa project, uh, in the East Africa region. And in Africa in general, so IFD and Proparco have launched a program that's called the SunRef program in partnership with local banks. It combines grants with credit lines and technical assistance uh, to finance projects tied to energy efficiency, renewable energy, uh, and natural resources. And it allows companies, SMEs or bigger companies, uh, to purchase higher quality equipment, save cost, save energy, and at the end also uh, become more competitive. Uh, maybe lastly, in, in terms of uh, private, let's say private to private funding, uh, so French companies have been uh, like let, strong player in the energy system, uh, electricity system in Africa, uh, in, in many countries in, in the region, uh, with projects, with investment in new projects, so in, uh, or, but also in investment in, in locally uh, grown companies. So if we take the example of Kenya, we have the two, let's main French utilities, uh, historic utilities, NG and EDF, uh, that have both made significant investment in uh, locally grown companies uh, involved in a mini grid or solar home system, for example, MobileSol, BBBox or, or SunCulture. And with those investments, of course, they, they are helping uh, those companies to grow. We also have uh, several French uh, IPP, independent power producer, that have been involved in Kenya or in the region, so such as Total or Voltalia, mainly in the solar, uh, in the solar PV business, or Hydroneo, which is more involved in uh, mini hydro business. And we also have a French private investment fund, uh, so the, the list can be long, but we can uh, we can mention Meridian, Free Capital, Stoa or CREADEV, uh, they are all based and active in Africa, in fact, in, in Nairobi in, in particular, and uh, they have been involved to fund uh, renewable energy projects uh, across Africa. For example, Meridian is, uh, is developing, is funding uh, a geothermal project in, uh, in Ethiopia. Excellent. Clearly, there is a shift uh, over the last decade by the French governments and the French private sector from the traditional francophone Africa towards 
uh, Eastern and Southern Africa from from what you're from what you're describing. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean that that uh, that France is abandoning West Africa or Francophone Africa, but it's clearly like to, to have an, an intervention that that uh, that continent wide. Clearly, Africa in, in general is a priority for France in terms of funding and uh, of development, and it's all Africa, West, East, South, North Africa, of course. Also. No, that's good to hear. The the other thing uh, we find is many countries in sub-Saharan Africa are grappling with figuring out their energy policy. Uh, what is the role of private sector in the energy sector? How do you deal with the value chain from distribution, transmission, generation? Uh, uh, how do you procure projects? Do you use a feed-in tariff model? Do you use an auction system? So these are key fundamental policy issues that sub-Saharan African countries are grappling with as we speak today. What do you see are the lessons, positive or negative lessons, that can be learned from the policies that have been developed in Europe and France over the last decade in terms of enhancing and promoting renewable energy. But with that, we have seen examples, for example, in Germany, in Spain, where you've seen consumer prices go up significantly as a result of this shift uh, from, frankly, cheaper thermal and coal power to potentially more expensive renewable powers. And then there are questions about sustainability of pricing, etc. What do you see are these lessons that we can learn in Africa today from the uh, lessons Europe and specifically France has learned over the last decade in terms of uh, decarbonizing its 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 energy portfolio. Okay, but that's a long and difficult question. <laughs> but we we'll try to to give a, a few uh, modest uh, insights. Huh? Sure. Uh, so maybe before dealing with uh, renewable energy policy, uh, a few a few words about the organization of the European power system sure. uh, in in France and in the EU, because in in fact the the, the policy largely European, the regulation is European, is is from the EU. The energy uh, sector has been uh, has undergone what we call unbundling. Uh, between the different segments of the value chain, so being generation, transmission, distribution, supply, and trading. Uh, so it's now a system based on a regulated access to a network, the electricity network, the charge uh, for the use of this network. So the charge is determined by the government upon proposal of the regulator. In France, it's the Energy Regulatory Commission. And before the, let's say, the, the current uh, acute energy crisis uh, with the Ukraine crisis, so those, uh, those charges accounted for around 40% of the final price paid to consumer. So uh, it's a system that, that let's say, both... Uh, liberalized but also highly regulated because you have almost 40% of the price for the customer that's regulated that's that's set by the regulator um 
So that's that for the general uh, organization in in, uh, in practice in, in France. The, the segment of electricity generation uh, is open, but it's still largely dominated by EDF, which is the historical in vertically integrated French utility uh, uh, company that's large, that majority, uh, more than eighty percent, owned by the the French state. It's mainly because in France, uh, power generation is uh, largely from nuclear, 70%. And all the power, uh, the nuclear reactors in France are operated by EDF. But it doesn't mean that there are no other uh, companies that are doing electricity generation in, uh, in, uh, in France. Uh, so we also have a, a system operator, a transmission system operator, that's also a system operator in charge of balancing the networks. So it's called uh, RTE and a distribution network operator, that's ERDF. So that will be in Kenya, Ketraco for RTE and the distribution part of KPLC for ERDF. So both are owned by EDF, but they are separate, completely separated in their operation to comply with the European uh, regulation. Uh, so, and in terms of let's say broader strategy of uh, overlapping strategy, we have a multi uh, multi annual uh, energy plan that uh, sets the priority for government action in the next ten years. It's divided in two uh, five years period. So what was for the overall organization? I think it's important to understand. And to, to, so to come back to renewable energy. So renewable energy uh, policy in Europe uh, is, is set around what we call feed-in tariff. Um, so what we call feed-in tariff, in fact, in, in Europe are, are both uh, so the, the set, the, the rate of the feed-in tariff that are set, but they are also feed-in tariff that are where the rate is, is set after an auction, after a tender that will be based on the lowest bidder for, for the feed-in tariff. Uh, they are, in fact, not completely uh, set feed-in tariff. They are based on market. It's a market premium. We'll come back uh, about that because in, in Europe, in France, we do have a power market. So it changes things compared to, uh, to Kenya. Uh, and if we want also to have a, like a, a broader look around uh, around the energy policy, energy efficiency policy, we also have a, a tax credit, uh, for example, for the installation of heat pumps and a zero interest uh, loan program for rehabilitation of homes so that uh, energy efficiency can be improved in uh, residential homes. Uh, so to come back to, to this premium uh, tariff for, for renewable energy, it's, uh, it's market-based because it's uh, it's guaranteed for 15 or 20 years depending on on the renewable technology but producer must, must sell their energy to the market and they re receive after let's say a premium an additional remuneration uh, that's paid by the historic uh, utility so edf uh, in the form of a monthly pre premium and as every um, renewable energy policy the premium is set so that the developer of renewable energy can get like that's a re reasonable return on invested capital. But if the market price exceeds the, the reference tariff, the uh, developer, the, the IPPs, they must reimburse the difference to EDF, which act as a, as a state agency um, on on this. So you're allowed to make a return up to a certain point, yes, and then exactly. above that, 
it goes back to government exactly uh, depending on the on the on the the price of electricity because again we do have power markets in in Europe um, so after about your question about uh, auction or Philip tariff I mean the the introduction of auction to set the level or to have a set rate for everybody is linked to the size of the, of the project. Uh, basically, uh, it depends on the technology, but smaller projects like, like one or two standards wind, uh, wind turbine, they will get a set premium. Right. For bigger projects, you would go through auctions, like for big solar projects, the same. And it's also, uh, in, uh, it also depends on the technology. For the less mature technology, for example, biogas or marine, marine energies, you will you you won't have a, you will have a set uh, feed-in tariff yes a set feed-in tariff but of course revise at uh, revise depending on the evolution of the the prices of technology uh, so of course I mean it's different to 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 draw clear lesson because the, the electricity system is organized differently in Europe compared to Kenya and and other African countries is also organized differently between uh, European countries but. Uh, f- for our matters, the main difference would be the existence of, of a power market in Europe. Uh, it's Europe-wide, but it's also with a price that's different in each country. And in Kenya, uh, so the electric system is not mature enough, is not deep and liquid enough to have uh, now an energy market. Uh, for example, I mean, the capacity is less than three gigawatts. Uh, so it, in December the 2021, it was uh, it almost reached three gigawatts, we, but we're not there yet. And in France, it's more than 130 gigawatts for for a country of the similar size. Uh, so it's, uh, we, of course, it's an ambition of the Kenyan government to, to move, uh, to move toward an, uh, toward an energy market, but we're not, we're not here yet. Um, so again, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to, to draw a clear lesson about the dimension uh, that you, you had about the, the problems linked with renewable energy, like introduction, like renewable energy growth. Of course, uh, in Europe, in, in every country, you mentioned Germany or Spain, but also in France, the introduction, the, the rapid introduction of intermittent, of viable renewable energy has not been without issues. Uh, so you mentioned a, a, a few issues. I mean, there was a cost to connect the new, new generation yeah. to the network. There is a new balancing cost for the system because the, these, those generations are more viable depending on the weather. There is the increase of the cost to consumer because those premium are, are passed through consumer. You, they, they pay at the end those premium to, to renewable energy uh, producer. Uh, we, we're speaking about billions of, of euros every year in, in each country. Uh, it's not insignificant. And lastly, the, the increased variability of the market price of, of, uh, of, uh, of energy in Europe, especially in countries like, like Germany. Uh, we have seen period of negative prices in the electricity system. Uh, so when there was like a lot of wind, a lot of sun, and low demand, we had prices that were negative. So it, of course, it had a huge impact on the financial stability of the what system. What do you mean by negative prices for our so audience? You will get paid. You to, get paid. You, you will get paid to consume the, elect- the electricity. Of course, it, won't, it was not... Like the consumer rates. Yes, it was not the consumer that was that that was benefiting for negative price. It was right. at the at like the market level, but you had negative prices because you can't stop like that uh, a wind turbine or solar panel sure. or a nuclear reactor, by the way, also. Um, 
So that was an issue. That was more an issue before like, the, the current energy crisis, where the increase of, of, gas, of the prices of gas uh, have uh, have uh, led to less period of negative price negative prices. But there is a huge variability, and it, it, and it's the, the system needs to adapt. So clearly, I mean the 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 question of auction is quite. I mean, for, for is, let's not say that it's quite easy, but the answer is what the Kenyan government is planning to do huh, is for mature big project. I mean, it's uh, it's a good idea to have auction because it is it ensure that uh, the the, uti- the utility the consumer at the end gets the lowest price sure. possible uh, for less mature technology. Uh, it's better to have uh, a set rate so you can encourage this technology to uh, to decrease uh, to decrease its prices. But after the, the, the question, I think it is, is is a broader question: is how to adapt the electricity system uh, to more intermittent renewable energy? Because both technologies, both solar, wind uh, generation, are getting mainstream. I mean, in, in many countries, including Kenya, it's yeah. now 10, 20 percent, 30 percent of electricity generation. Uh, so of course, there are solutions. Uh, it can be. Technologies, stronger, smarter network, electricity uh, storage, battery, pump hydro. But it's also like new regulatory framework. It's also a new market mechanism. And uh, and we have seen that in Europe, it was not straightforward to, to design a system that, that is still not straightforward, that can lead to more renewable energy in the grid, uh, have a system that's that's, uh, that's stable technically, that's uh, where you have energy security, so you don't depend on one country for import, and where you have a price at the end for the consumer that's socially and economically acceptable. So it's it's quite difficult. And and also African countries and and Kenya are are moving toward this direction. In fact, for speaking about the regulatory framework and the like master planning, AFD supporting uh, Ketraco and KPLC and the Ministry of Energy in Kenya uh, in the integration of, of more renewable energy. Um, but there is not, I don't think there is like one model that can fit all, all country. Even between European countries, we have different energy mix, different energy policies, the same overreaching uh, European regulation. And if I maybe want more personal insight, I mean, we can say that private expertise, more private expertise is needed for that. But the solution, as we have seen in Europe, is not always uh, a complete unbundling um, liberalization or privatization of the system, uh, especially on less mature system where uh, where the rate of electrification is still growing, uh, where you want to increase uh, the the energy that's consumed uh, at at consumer level, because at the end uh, that's that's a political decision. I mean, the the tariff that's paid by by the consumer, the energy mix, it's a political decision. So it's it's it, it should be uh, something that decided that's at the political. But ultimately, level. from what you're saying, this is an idea about getting the balance correct. Uh, the balance when it comes to unbundling, in terms of how much do you unbundle? Uh, what role does the private sector play versus the public sector? Uh, I guess in many ways it's it, it's good to hear that 
you don't have complete extreme situations uh, where you do have still a significant degree of government support, but it's about finding the balance. And, and I think from many of the things you suggested, a lot of this was about getting the balance. So supply demand planning in East Africa especially has been a problem. So finding that balance, uh, and I, I'm glad to hear that the French government uh, is in fact assisting KPLC and Ketraco uh, with the with the supply demand issues. With the technical assistance. Even on the procurement, uh, it was interesting to hear you say how there is a balance between the outright auction systems for larger, more complex projects, but on the other hand, for smaller, simpler projects, the feed-in tariff policy is still being used, maybe for smaller wind, biomass. And I, and I think that's probably the key lesson for sub-Saharan African governments, is there is no one size that, that, that fits all. Ultimately, you need that, that balance between auctions, feed-in tariff, proper planning, balance on the unbundling, balance between public sector participation, private sector participation. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we will continue to work towards that balance, which I guess continues to change as populations grow, as uh, economies grow. Uh, so it's useful to see whilst the markets can be quite different in maturities, many of the issues are still the same. Yeah, it was a debate. Uh, and therefore, there are still plenty of lessons for us to learn from some of the more mature markets. Yeah, exactly. Now, in Europe, it's, it's an ongoing debate. And now in the, in the media, like the issue of market design about energy, it's, uh, it's something that's, that's, not, that's not straightforward. And, and there are, of course, a disagreement between countries. So maybe to come back on the, the issue of the, the auction, I mean, it's, uh, it's again, uh, we have seen in Europe or in, in other African countries, not even for like bigger projects, it's not a, a straightforward solution. Because we have seen uh, we have seen projects or countries where uh, we had uh, aggressive binding, very low binding, and after uh, a developer that that didn't have the technical or the financial capability to 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 just lead the project to complete the project. So you have to, you have to design a system where you have strong deterrence mechanism. Uh, so that uh, the developer that gets the lowest uh, wide will complete the project, and you won't get stuck. You won't be with stuck project that will never be completed. In fact, it's probably a significant issue not just in the renewable energy mm -hmm. sector, but just generally in the infrastructure sector, where ultimately to have an auction system, firstly the government needs to have the capacity to develop a well-structured auction, the request for proposal, the technical, the legal, the environmental input that has to go into it because governments need to spend that time, money, and human capital to develop a well-structured auction system. And as you correctly say, when they are not well-structured, you find results like you have suggested where the focus is on the lowest price, but the developer with the lowest price actually may not have 
the technical and financial capability and had the auction system factored in technical financial capability uh, in addition to price, then you have a, a greater chance of success because we have seen too many failures uh, in the auction systems, uh, the tender systems generally across infrastructure projects. So in a way, it's not surprising that the half a dozen or so key projects in the renewable sector uh, in Kenya, and we've been involved in a number of them, like the Lake Turkana wind power project, the Kipeto energy project, the Malindi solar projects, uh, were developed through the feed-in tariff structure rather than, rather than the, uh, the auction system. Uh, moving away a little, I guess, from general energy policy, we are starting to see, but at a very nascent and early stages, some activity again in what I would call the carbon credit markets and the, the red markets. Uh, again, I think trying to draw comparisons from what you're seeing in Europe and France specifically uh, and what you see then happening in sub-Saharan Africa, what the opportunities are uh, in these specific markets. What are, you, what are your thoughts specifically around the whole uh, red and carbon credit system uh, to promote renewable energy? Mm. Yes, uh, yes. So car carbon or, or red, what we call red credit, are, are indeed, a, a, I think, a promising source of uh, funding for for renewable energy project or for climate green project in in general in Africa. It, I think it can provide what what is much needed finance huh, for for green project, and they also can be part of the financing flow from developed to developing country. Huh? I'm talking about the the 100 billion uh, USD per year that that was let's say promised by develop, uh, developed country to developing countries during the, the the COP and the and the climate international climate negotiation. Uh, so those ideas have been around for for quite a time now. Uh, in practice, let's say that it was more difficult to 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 have a, to have like real projects on the ground that that were um, that were growing thanks to those uh, to those credits we had in in 20 uh, in 2012 a crash of the prices uh, of the credit under what we call the clean development mechanism of the of the Kyoto protocol so it's, the prices went to almost zero so it was with other like issues, I think it was a, a good example. But again, it's not straightforward to design an international market between all the countries or between several countries that is working for for those credits, huh? because there are issues of double counting of certification. So there are many issues, and like the it's it's mainly dealt during the the international negotiations. So the COP and and COP twenty five it was a big issue during. COP25 and the, and the next uh, the next COP, including in, in Glasgow last year, uh, they have been they have been progress, but those those negotiations have, have not been able to completely solve 
the pending issues. So that's that's not that's not something that's um, for, of course that's very promising, but on like a international level and let, let's say gov to gov level, it's it's quite slow to to materialize. Nevertheless, uh, there is currently a market for those credits. I mean, it, it exists. It's including and and I think I don't have the figures, but mainly from uh, so companies, so private companies or institutions, banks that that voluntarily chooses to, uh, choose to offset their their emissions. So we we have a market for for those credits. But today the, the price, so it's useful. It can be used, but the price today, I mean, it's. Uh, again, I, I don't have the, the most recent figures, and it depends on on, on a lot of, of factors. There is not a unified price for for a ton of of carbon today at the international level, but it's it's usually less than five dollars per per ton, uh, and there is also a high price for certification, high transaction cost. So it means that today the, the effect is, is relatively marginal on the bankability of the project. It, it, will, it will help a project to, be, uh, to break even, but it's not, it's not the, the credits are not in, in any project, the credits are the main source of, of funding and, uh, and they, they, they don't make it uh, bankable by themselves. And also there is again a high transaction cost, so that's that could be useful for big projects, but for small projects it's difficult. It's difficult for, for them to be financing viable. In fact, that is the frustration many people have because firstly lenders are not willing to count the possible revenues from these credits under a lender financial model. Uh, and so the project, as you correctly say, must be bankable on its own without factoring the revenues. And then for smaller projects, it can be very time consuming and very costly to go through the process of getting first accredited and then going through the certification process. Uh, And I guess the question is then, until we can make the structure work better, uh, for some of these projects whereby revenues can be better defined, the setting up costs and the operating costs in relation to carbon and red credits can be uh, more efficient and cost effective. It is unlikely in the very short term we will see that transforming the market, unfortunately. Would you agree with that? Yes, no, no, it's just true in the, in, in the short term, but I think in the medium or long term, there is hope. There is hope that, uh, that they can play a bigger role because the price of, of carbon, uh, of CO2 on, on the different markets is increasing. I mean, in the EU, the price of the, of the EU ETS in the, in the recent months, in the, the recent year, has increased to, to, to quite high levels. And, uh, and we, we can also hope that with stronger, easier certification process, uh, like the, financial pro- the, the financing pro- potential of, of those credits can be increased. And, and about the, the certification, I mean, France is, is, is ready uh, to provide technical assistance to, to countries and to, and to private actors to, to help them to, to better use uh, those credits in, in Kenya or in other African countries. I, I guess for me, uh, the, the, the last question uh, for you is, what do you say to this argument that you hear 
emerging or less developed economies in Africa putting out saying, you know, it's great that Europe and North America, who initially developed using coal, natural gas, thermal energy, dirty energy, and developed and got to a certain level in terms of their GDPs and economic growth, uh, but are now through their restrictions on financing projects, actually restricting the ability of continents like Africa and some parts of Asia to be able to grow using cheap thermal energy in much the same way that economies like Germany and the United States uh, were able to develop through cheap, dirty thermal energy. Uh, what do you say to that argument that uh, on one hand, whilst there is a clear global and environmental benefit to moving uh, towards renewable energy, that movement has the potential of stifling growth in economies like Africa, where growth is most needed, especially given the continuing growth of our populations. Uh, what do you say to that argument? Hmm. No, of, of course. I mean, after it's, it's an issue of, uh, of uh, multilateral negotiation, I mean, uh, after it's true, and I think that that France agree that that's, uh, there is a need for for Africa and for for less developed countries to have more flexibility about the use of fossil fuel, uh, because uh, priority is also increasing energy access, having uh, affordable energy, because energy is is needed. I mean, it's a fundamental right to 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 access uh, clean and uh, and. Um, and, um, and um, affordable energy is true, for example, for clean cooking. We, sp we spoke about clean cooking. And for clean cooking, at, at some point, it means moving from biomass to, uh, to gas. That's, that's a fossil fuel, but that's cleaner, that's Absolutely, using yeah. unsustainable wood and, and deforestation in, in the forest. After uh, the, the argument that, that thermal energy is cheaper is, let's say, not always true. I mean, uh, we have seen that in Kenya. I mean, in Kenya, the, the, uh, in Kenya, Kenya doesn't produce uh, fossil uh, fossil fuel. They need to import the petrol products. It's that it has a huge impact on the uh, on the um, on, on the economy. I mean, it costs a lot to consumer. It costs a lot to uh, to the economy in, in in terms of the commercial balance of the country. And, and, and we have seen that Kenya was able to, to reach like 90% of renewable energy, speaking about only electricity, but 90% of, of uh, renewable energy because it was cheaper than, than the heavy fuel uh, diesel or diesel generators that, that we, we were using before. So uh, let's say that no, uh, fossil fuel are not always cheap. Are not always cheaper, and most of the time they are not cheaper uh, than renewable energy. And that's that's. Uh, I think that the overall objective of the support France and the European Union is giving to uh, to countries like Kenya so is to, to reach uh, to reach a system that's uh, that's green, um, but that's also economically and uh, and socially acceptable for for everybody. No, excellent. Thank you for that. So, gentlemen, this has been a very insightful conversation. Uh, Matthew, is there any parting shot? 
well, we, we, we spoke, I think we spoke about like the, in, in Kenya, there is now a, a big debate about the, the renega renegotiation of, uh, of the processing power agreement with, uh, with all, I mean, thermal of renewable energy producer. Uh, but I think this debate and, and the conversation we, we are having just before has shown that just adding renewable energy rene uh, generation to the grid is not enough to have to have uh, to reach uh, to reach a sustainable energy system to to have this this needed energy transition towards some towards system that's clean socially economically acceptable and uh, for the moment um, much of the public and private investment in Africa and Kenya have gone to generation renewable when it's in the best case or not renewable in the, the worst case. But we have seen that uh, network reinforcement, storage, off-grid, mini-grids uh, are also important solutions and, and they, they need to be financed and uh, there are opportunities, of course. And, and, and to go even further, let's not forget that... Uh, uh, so we have focused here on electricity. Uh, but... Uh, Energy is not electricity only. I mean, in Kenya, the final energy consumption uh, is uh, is only uh, of is only five percent electricity. Yeah. Uh, the the rest ninety five percent is biomass, the majority, and then oil products. So we also need to look at those 95%. Uh, and it means solution to electrify other energy uses, immobility, uh, to move toward cleaner uh, fuels for clean cooking, for example. So of course, there are a lot of challenges about this solution. There are market challenges. There are regulatory uh, challenges. But uh, there are also a lot of business opportunities. And, and we were speaking at the start about the, the French club and, and the, com the French company that are part of this club. And, and I think a, a lot of them are now also looking and, 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 and proposing solutions in, in, those, in those segments. You, Amin, is there any parting shot, like the way forward for Africa based no. on this? Yeah, I think just adding on to what has just been said, uh, if you have proper planning, if you focus on the entire value chain of energy, uh, and currently that focus has been primarily on generation, but as you correctly say, distribution, transmission, but also non-power sources, uh, LPG and LNG, has to be part of the energy mix uh, discussion. And then I think specifically for Eastern African countries, uh, in addition to being blessed with wind and solar resources, we are blessed with geothermal resources. So I think promoting the development and the harnessing of our geothermal resources as part of the overall energy conversation is, is, is fundamental because I think the problem you have is when you just focus on one element, generation of wind and solar, without looking at the overall uh, equation, uh, that is then what leads you into the kind of discussions you just talked about where uh, there is talk about PPA renegotiations, etc. So I think it's it's fundamental for the public sector and the private sector to have a 
much more holistic conversation, approach, and develop much more holistic policies uh, around energy rather than specific forms of renewable energy alone. Because if you do that, then you will have these gaps that then re- that create this tension between the public sector, the private sector, but more importantly, uh, the tension that is created with the with the citizens of a country that's saying, "Why are my power costs so high? Why is my power supply so unreliable?" So it is very important to have that holistic conversation on this issue. Thank you. Thank you very much, Amin. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Matthew. Thank you to our audience. If you have any question about this session, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at info at alnacademy.org. This conversation will be available on our ALN Academy's YouTube channel and ALN Academy's podcast platform. Please remember to subscribe and see you in our next talk. Bye.